culture. Pop my culture. Pop my culture. Everyone. Pop my culture. Pop my culture. Pop my culture. It's the Pop My Culture Podcast with your hosts, Cole Stratton and Vanessa Ragland. Hey, welcome to the Pop My Culture Podcast. I'm Cole Stratton. I'm Vanessa Ragland. Thanks for listening. Our guest tonight uh, he's, uh, he's a good friend of mine. He, uh, handsome. You know he's handsome. He's a good-looking <laughs> fellow. Uh, you probably know him from Web Soup on G4, um, also the Nerdist.com. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Hardwick. Hello. Hi. What's going on, you Nothing. Guys? What's up with you? Oh, just stuff and things. Okay. What's happening? Lots. Lots. Well, we're brought Here we in. come, pop culture. <laughs> <laughs> ah, are you ready? Head first into pop culture, bravely. Here we Ugh. go. Uh, we're broadcasting live today from the Disney vault. Mm, it's beautiful. Um, it's wonderful in here. So many out-of-print Disney DVDs. Finally. Mm-hmm. They said they put them in here, and they are lining this place. Yeah. It's uh, I, 30 degrees. Mm-hmm. Keep it, it's freezing mm-hmm. in here. Oh, I think uh, it's quite comfortable. You really feel you really feel good? I dressed for it. I mean, I dressed for the vault. Well, I... That would explain the winter park. <laughs> I didn't. I wasn't informed Sorry. that I need to bring any kind of a. Well, you a look jacket. so cute in your swim trunks. We didn't want to. Well, I just I heard I was going to Disney. I, I, oh, I heard Disneyland. Okay. I didn't right. hear Disney vaults. Um, but you have your swim trunks, so you can dive into the giant swimming pool full of gold coins. Well, Scrooge <gasps> McDuck. Yay! Um, that'd be good. My pockets I, are full right now. Are they full of Scrooge McDuck mm-hmm. coins? Yeah. I don't know why I thought these swim trunks I'd be able to. I guess I thought over at California Adventure they've got that roller coaster oh. I can jump. The, the what's it? What, what's it? What's the roller coaster? California Screaming. It's California Screaming. Oh. Yeah, it's not Splish. Uh, <laughs> I was just giving a sound oh, effect. Yeah, we're going to name this one on a Splish. We don't have a ride that ties in currently with it, so... Uh, yeah, so I just thought I'd put on some swim trunks and, uh, you know, just grab onto the back of the the roller coaster and, uh, you See know, what Marty McFly it all the way Ooh. around the... Uh, well, as, it's working as for you. Power of Love is playing in my uh, mm. iPod headphones. Now that is a song. It Don't really is. Yeah, but I like that that didn't really give it any value. All you said was, that is a song. That's what I like to do. It is between three and five minutes, Chris. <laughs> Whatever you, see, you think, I might agree with you it. you see an ugly baby, like, that, that is, is a, a baby. baby. <laughs> that is human. That was a meal. That came out of a person, I think. Well, sorry to mislead you on the whole Disneyland thing. Um, uh, we couldn't have done it for Disneyland. I, I, have, I have a passport. I do love it there. Aww. I have a passport as well. Yeah. We could have. I have a passport, but... Mine just gets me no. I just have a regular. Oh, okay. Do you have the restricted kind where you can go like four days a year, like I do? We have. We don't have the the super golden one where you can literally go any day of the year. We have the one that's just under that. We can go like on. Uh, I think we can go Saturdays or Sundays or something. But but the but the blackout dates uh, for that one are would you would never want to go those days anyway. Right. It's yeah. like yeah. It's like, you know, dates in the summer and vacation time. You're like, well, those are just icky dates anyway. Yeah, mine is like, I can't go weekends and I can't go during the summer. Um, Like, spring break's blacked out, more or less. Like, I only like to go midweek on off-peak times. There's, like, no lines. The longest line's, like, ten minutes. Do you have to wear a bag over your head? (laughs) What? (laughs) No, I was just imagining this, like... The very lowest rung of, of Disney Pass. Like, oh, that's right. You can't. Don't look at yeah. my face. Well, don't you're look not allowed to make eye. eye contact with Goofy. Oh yeah, um, that's good advice for of, everyone. There's a lot though. of cartoon terrorists sneaking in with forged <laughs> Disneyland passports. Oh, this is my passport. Right. Yeah. <laughs> mm, you don't look like a Mickey. <laughs> Disneyland, I, was, I love going. I love it. Love it. Love it. And if you ever want to feel better about yourself, if you want to feel oh. beautiful, go to Disneyland. If you want to love your body, yeah. 
No, oh. I'm not Mickey. I am uh, I am Moofy. <laughs> I know him though. We go like a way back. What's, what's what's a Moofy? Just let him Moofy. in. Moofy. <laughs> He's a Moofy. That was a cartoon gun that hit the person that was asking questions. That's right. That's good. Thank it's, you. They they do. There are suicide bombs, but it's they blow candy up. <laughs> candy and confetti. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah so there's a moment of terror, and then delicious treats. Oh. So it's it's not that it's not that bad. Right, yeah. and you can get it faster if you get a fast pass for one. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. Hey, is Disney gonna <laughs> pay us up. for this? Yeah, I think that cartoon guy's gonna blow up this train that's circling Disneyland. <laughs> Oh, okay. terrorism. Oh, right? Technically a part of pop culture. That's yeah. True. That's yeah. true. This is more political than we've ever been. This is yes. a landmark episode. Quick, steer. Let's get out of it. <laughs> okay, uh, Gosselin, everybody. Yeah. I always bring her up, and no one ever wants to talk about her. But bring her up and then we That's only her because she's awful. Yeah, but don't you want to talk about how awful she is? Well, but it's sort of... It's yeah, I don't know. I mean, listen, I don't know what kind of person I would be if I if I had a litter of eight yeah. organisms coming out of my body. Like I don't, really? maybe I would be an asshole. I, I don't know, and maybe she's not really an asshole, but I think she's an asshole. She just has that. Uh, she just kind of has that look where you know, like if she was your principal, your friend's mom, you'd be like, Chad's mom's a fucking bitch. Let's not you know? go to like, Chad's oh, house. She's the worst. <laughs> Like, lights out at 10, mm. like, no sugar, no treats, like, no, no one's treats. allowed to have sugar. She sucks. Yeah. She'd be like, you'd play Nintendo for, like, 45 minutes, and she'd be like, all right, outside. Wait, what? I don't want to go outside. It's cold outside. Oh, okay, outside. good, because did you do your homework? <laughs> well, yeah, do it again. Bitch. Help me with my extensions. She has those now. <laughs> Put in mommy's extensions. <laughs> Somebody needs to do mommy's acrylics and mommy's extensions. I just feel like Kate Gosselin walks into a room and goes, now, how can I make it awful in here? Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and then write a book about actually, it. Actually, I think at this point it's just reflexive. She doesn't really have to go through that <laughs> yeah. stuff. It happened so fast it's oh, almost like she, that's didn't, good she didn't even make the, make the choice. Yeah, she's just got it down. Well, she's yeah. not on Dancing with the Stars anymore, folks. Well, I'll tell you something. America agrees. I, th- there's such a gift with her and John Gosselin, which is, because mm. uh, I do the Chelsea Lately show all the yeah. time, and what's, what's great is that you can't always... Like your your comic instinct is to just, instinct is to just shit on people mm-hmm. as hard as you can, and then you have to pull back, and then you kind of realize like ah, I should, I shouldn't be a complete That's asshole. Me. I don't really know these people, but there are some people where you get a free pass, and the Goslings <laughs> is just like Whee! they're just a go to like. Well, yeah, that one person did something that wasn't that great, but fuck this other jerk, and then everyone's instantly <laughs> on your side. Yeah. So they are kind of a gift. Uh, but in lo- that moms sense. love her. Like she has a following. Of yeah. people that are super duper supportive. They're just all her kids, though. Oh, okay, much. that makes sense. There's yeah. that, that thing. That's Nadia Sulman. Kid Because I guess it's easy for me too, like in my comedy and stuff, and on Twitter and stuff like that, to just knock things around. You know, 140 characters, you suck. Yeah. More or less, but try to do it in a clever way. And then I'm like, if I met those people, like. I don't think I'd be like, I hate you. Oh, I, I, that's happened to me before where I've made fun of people and said horrible things and it turns out they're following me on Twitter and, oh. then, and then it's like, backpedal. That just happened to somebody. Oh, who was it? Someone insulted Ice-T. It was like Alanis Morissette or something. No, not that. Some singer on Twitter was like, Ice-T can't act. Why is he on a show? And then Ice-T tweeted back. But what, was it Alanis Morissette? I, it was someone like Alanis Morissette. Someone who doesn't understand the concept of irony. <laughs> oh, I, I had a friend who, uh, I think it was Joe Klosik. You know Joe Klosik. Yeah, I know Joe. He uh, was doing stand-up once, and Alanis Morissette saw the show, and then afterwards came up to him just to say, great set, and, and compliment him. And she's like, oh, great, you're really funny. And he went, well, you ought to know. Uh, and then her face just dropped, and she just walked away from him. Oh, uh, that sucks. <laughs> that sucks. 
She, I, I actually, when I worked at K-Rock in the old days, I, I met her several times, and she was always really sweet. So it was very hard for me to get around, because a lot of those songs, uh, you know, I, I weren't necessarily, I wasn't necessarily in the Alanis demographic. What? Right, yeah. I know. And, uh, but, but I'm very malleable in the sense that if I meet someone and they're really cool, then I will find a way to like uh, what they do. But still, there's no excuse for the ironic song. But yeah. let's give her a break. <laughs> she was young. She. Everyone makes mistakes. Everyone makes. She has so much. Everyone angst. makes literary device mistakes. <laughs> yeah. True. When they're oh, young. do you remember my onomatopoeia song? Yeah, I remember it. There was like she did one of those weird about faces where her first album was all about like I'm angry, I'm angry, anger, anger, and then her next album was like Thank you, India. <laughs> well, no oh, shit, because yeah. then you know, like you sell 20 million <laughs> records, and then all of a sudden you're a goddamn multimillionaire. I mean, she was basically doing like. Power pop songs in Canada before you know before she got all gritty. Sure, right. she turned so, into Alanis Morissette. You know, I mean, it's it, of course. Why wouldn't you be thankful? Why wouldn't you be thankful? I'd thank yeah. India. Yep. Dating Dave Coulier. She did date. Oh, she did yeah. date Dave Coulier. It's so weird that that song is about him. It's not all about him because I knew Dave too, and I asked him about that, and he said it was. There were there were only a couple things in that song that actually applied to him. She did not go down on him in a theater. <laughs> uh, she. <laughs> But well, that's I think, a bad one to not. But apply the thing about him. I hate to bug you in the middle of dinner that that ha- that was Dave. Okay. Oh, yeah, she did hate to bug him in the middle of dinner. <laughs> I really hate to bug you. In the middle of dinner. <laughs> then why are you doing it? Ooh. Poor Lennis. Poor, poor. Anna. She's gonna be fine. I think yeah, she'll, I think she'll soldier on. I think she's gonna soldier on <laughs> through her <laughs> islands of money. Exactly. <laughs> Is she in here too? Yep, Maybe she's in here somewhere under those in the gold. Disney vault. Yeah. She's actually guarding uh, Walt Disney's brain. Oh, whoa. and you if you want to if you want to ask the brain a question, you have to solve three riddles through Alanis Morissette. But then, you can't solve them exactly right because she's not exactly, exactly sure. Exactly, exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah, it's like a close guess. It's a little spotty. The, yeah. the judgment system's a little spotty. It's okay. Well, uh, if someone's gonna have to be paying out some money soon, and that's Steven Seagal. Segway. Um, yep. Have you heard about <laughs> the madness going on with his lawman show and his? Oh, I, I read that it was that it had been put on. They basically froze it because of his penis. What happened? He's been all these sexual harassment charges have been springing up. Like, I mean, I remember when when I was doing Singled Out, and and by the way, I don't connect everything back to that show, uh, mm. but this doesn't happen to apply. <laughs> and and Jenny, uh, Jenny yeah. McCarthy basically back, even back then was like, yeah, I, I had a meeting with him once, and it, it was really weird. And he kind told of, her to get naked. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean, it's obvious that uh, that that's been. <laughs> hey, that's not what a lawman is supposed to do, right? Uh, you know, so even a fake one. A lot of auditions <laughs> are like that when I go for RB spots oh, all yeah. the time. Yep. Take it well, off. with a body like that. It's zero's I mean, beef. Exactly. You're asking for it. Oh, there's this, uh, this is a total aside. We'll come back to Steven Seagal in a second. There's this Arby's commercial right now that just drives me up the wall because it's the epitome of like what almost every commercial audition is nowadays. Like they want the spokesman person to be just kind of like, he's a cool dude you'd hang out with. You know, it's casual. It's just roast beef, whatever. So the commercial is literally <laughs> him going like, hey, you know, I'm at Arby's, right? And uh, they got this great menu and boom. He says boom. Ugh. And things are, you know, like 99 cents. And then boom. And then at the end he goes, it comes back to you like a, a boomerang. Ew. That's and you know, you know all the Arby's people fucking high fived when they came up with that. <laughs> oh yeah, there was a party in the conference room that day. Mel Brooks once said, "Wit is shit, uh, funny is money." Boom, so, boom, boom. <laughs> Mel Brooks, as they say. Yep. I just appreciated a commercial that was just like, "All right, look, hey, I'm in Arby's. They got a 99 cent menu now. Here's what's on it. Come by if you want." 
Yeah. You know? I feel like that's almost the same as the Boom commercial, though. You're very casual. You're very ordinary Yeah, but I'm not, guy. like, trying to be like, hey, man, look okay. cool, This is how kids talk. Yeah. <laughs> I will not eat at Carl's Jr. anymore because of the Carl's Jr. commercials. Oh. Which, and a lot of people listening to this won't know Carl's Jr. is basically West Coast Hardee's. Yeah, it is. Hardee's. Wait, which one pushed you over the edge? The, all of them. Yeah. Just the beginning, the whole, like... This burger gets all over your face. Like uh, it's just that 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 idea whoa. that that greedy guy is just talking to you, right. man. Like I fucking hate that so much. I, I I hate that they're trying to. I hate that they're trying to project. Like yeah, man, I just want to watch a hot girl eat a burger on a washing machine. And the fact that it's messy. Who like that's, that's a, the like worst the selling, selling point, point yeah, ever. Exactly. Like, and I want to get fat and gross and watch a really skinny girl. Do you want soft poop? Like, I don't, <laughs> no, the making it messier is worse. And then the, like, the, the end thing is pretty much like, fuck off, I'm eating. Yeah, you're a stupid asshole. <laughs> yeah. I got a burger. Get out of here, I'm going to stomp you if you don't. Carl's Jr., fuck yourself in the face. <laughs> yeah, so I, I literally won't eat there because that is, that is an ad campaign. And I know maybe part of it is, hey, if these are irritating, people will talk about them. Yes, we're talking about them. I will never eat there again as long as I live. Yucky. You know, there's, there's some, I feel like everybody, at least at some point when they're auditioning for shit in L.A., has, has a moment where they're like, what am I doing? Oh, yeah. Right? And for me, it was like, like my dad had just gone into the hospital for like a little minor thing. But still, it was like, I was a little worried about that. Mm-hmm. And they're way behind in this casting. It was for a Taco Bell commercial where the dude's in a dress because he's smuggling in a nacho oven into the uh, game because he doesn't want to buy nachos at the game. So mm-hmm. he pretends that he's pregnant so he can plan. lift it up and take out his hot nachos. And the guy's like, just buy them for 99 cents at Taco Bell. You don't need these nachos. And literally, it was like, I was just waiting to go in to pretend that I had a pregnant <laughs> belly full of a nacho heater. But don't you, whenever you see those commercials, don't you just kind of flash to how irritating the casting process is going to be? Like every uh-huh. third-rate Jack Black wannabe who's going to mm-hmm. fucking gonna go in with a super personality. like, I, And then come out and high-five you? You know those people that come out of the room and they're like well, bonding? Well, I, I, I actually, I, I made the conscious choice to not go on commercial auditions several years ago because I, I couldn't. I mean, I wasn't a. I wasn't booking anything, so that probably had a lot to do with it too. And and b, um, you know, it's like you you bust your ass to drive all over town. I think some people will literally audition like five times a day and yeah. just go right. from place to place to place yeah. to place. You're in these giant rooms full of people, you know, auditioning for all sorts of different stuff. It's like a sketch of what mm. an audition process would yeah. be like. And I remember it was one in particular where. They're like, all right, so you're just hanging out in your room, and you got this poster on the wall, and there's like a superhero on the poster, and then he's just gonna he's just gonna come off the poster and walk across the room, and then you just react to that. Go. I'm like, well, first of all, I would <laughs> shit out my heart. <laughs> so I don't know if I can recreate that, but just that I, but just that idea of of feeling like um, dance monkey, yeah. like I can't. Yeah. It's it, terrible. It, it, it may, it's so upsetting to me. That and, and you know maybe if I were a better commercial auditioner it wouldn't bother me so much but I I, I just because uh, there's some people who are just amazing at it I'm horrible I freak out in the room I don't freak out I just hate myself and I hate everyone I'm with and I think what have I done with my life like I could be feeding someone or <laughs> and, and yes I know it's not it's not like you're digging ditches or you know mining copper or anything but but, but it's better but it does take a weird emotional toll because yeah. you're you're constantly in this, this kind of existential it, debate with yourself. And it teaches you to care about it. Like, you get bummed out. You're like, oh, I didn't get that Tampax commercial. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you're seriously bummed. And then one thing you might have left out of that a commercial audition is after, like, okay, he walks off the post to react, then it's always like, but make it small. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah exactly. Always, but just be natural. But just be natural with it. You know, like, you know, yeah, yeah, there's a superhero a walking across the room right now, but, like, you know, little. Make yeah. it little. 
Dude, don't don't go over the top with it. Oh, you mean like this interdimensional <laughs> platform that you've set up where people can walk off of posters? Yeah, I didn't. Sorry, I took it big. <laughs> it was the same thing when I used to do uh, voiceover work up in San Francisco. I did a little bit of that there too, and it was always like the copy was always like, "We do not want a DJ. We want natural, real voices." So you get in there and you'd be like. Oh, you know, for Macy's, I've got my blah, 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 and you're just talking kind of normal. And then you don't get the spot, and then later you hear it on the radio, and it's like, at Macy's, we've got the blah, 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 blah. It's worse. They always, you know, they always say that, especially, um, especially with voiceover, they're like, uh, we're not looking for a hosty type. And then in the end, it's like, well, that, you just cast a hosty type. <laughs> yep. And you, you don't know. There's Paula Tompkins was talking about once how a lot of times in the entertainment, and I, I've, I've been through this so many times where you, you know, you go in and uh, you meet about a show, and they're like, "We want the show to be edgy. We want the show to be different." And then you get the job, and then you start doing it the way that you would do it. And they're like, "Oh, you, you can't say that. I mean, it's going to be on at like eight o'clock." You're like, right. "You said you wanted edgy." <laughs> so, you know, Paul Tompkins' whole take was like, "I'm a comic. Don't use that word with me because that means something much different to me than it does yeah, to right. you." You know. So I don't want to, I don't remember what his example was, but it was it might have been like nun scissor fucking or something. Like it was some sort of <laughs> like the darkest place a comic could go. It means edgy, yeah. <laughs> but to a, to a studio executive. No, no, no. We just mean you have spiky hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like, it's like Nickelback, edgy, right? No, no, no. You know, like Jack Hay would go, like that's edgy. You know, like she's 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 laughing in the face of the man. Like, that's not. Uh, <laughs> you don't know my soul. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a black, dark place. <laughs> Much like the Disney vault. Get it? We do need some light in here. Oh, Lumiere. <laughs> well, hello. Yes. I could not tell but not this. You are in utter darkness and cold. He is just as charming in person as he is in the movie. Oh, Lumiere, I'm a clock and I'm worried for you. <laughs> I'll get out of here. I will light your pussy on fire. Whoa. Finally. No, I'm okay with it. Oh, that's okay. the kind of edgy Lumiere. we want. That's the kind of edgy <laughs> we want in the bucket. <laughs> Oh, Would you like to put out my flame with your pussy? I'm sorry, I just want to keep saying that word. <laughs> You're not in saying that it, accent. Lumiere is. I mean Lumiere, <laughs> aka one. Jerry Orbach. May he rest in Be peace. Oh, guess. Um, okay, he was well, Lumiere, right? Orbach was, was Lumiere. Uh, Orbach was yes, yes. I think he was. Yes, yeah, yeah. and David Augensteers was Cogsworth. Ah, there you go. Uh, since we're in the Disney vault <laughs> yep, right now, um, you're a big fan of Tron, correct? The biggest fan of Tron. Um, really? You did like a Tron rock opera, I recall? Or yeah, something? Mike Furman, my buddy in Hard and Firm, and um, Brendan Small, right. uh, who does Metalocalypse, um, and this other friend of ours, Lee Farber, who writes for The, the Soup. We, like 2003, um, Brendan Small, we, we were doing some shows around L.A., and Brendan was doing another show. We didn't know him that well. I mean, I knew he did home movies and everything. And, right. He was like, "Hey man, I, you know, I play guitar, and you know, maybe we should get together and, and we'll make a song." And I was like, "Okay, sure." What I didn't realize was that Brendan Small is like Berkeley School of Music graduate, like wow. shredder guitar player, yeah, insane, like an incredible musician. And so he's like, "You know, I've always wanted to do this rock opera about the movie Tron." And so instantly, I was like, "Why aren't you a girl?" <laughs> and then ultimately, I would meet that girl, Janet Varney, who would, right. would be obsessed with Tron. Exactly. Uh, and then I would uh, imprison her uh, until Aww. she agreed to go out with me. Um, <laughs> she keeps sending me these little notes. I have to decipher them, help or something. I don't. Know. Oh, don't worry about oh, her. She's wait, fine. what? I How mean, is she getting notes uh, out? <laughs> There's the carrier pigeon. There were no. <laughs> there were no openings to the outside world in that room. I thought. <laughs> Um, and so, yeah, so we made this, like, 12-minute rock opera about Tron, and it had all these different movements in it. It was super fun, and we performed it around town, like, five times. We don't have a good recording of it. Oh. And, um, 
And so Furman and I got all excited about it. Like, oh my god, we're going to form a band. We're going to take this to Comic-Cons. We're going to do this. And Brendan is, you know, just like virtuoso musician guy. Like, as soon as we did it, he just kind of got bored with it. He was like, okay, I'm done. We were like, <laughs> right. but we made this Our dreams thing. rest yeah. in this. And, uh, and it, was, it was so much fun. And we haven't played it in ages. But uh, Well, maybe we'll convince you guys to do it at Sketchfest or something. Well, you know what sucks about it is that now I feel like if we, if we put it out there, it's just going to look like we're hopping on the Tron bandwagon. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, like South Park just did the Tron episode mm-hmm. with Facebook and... And uh, and the you know, next Tron's coming out in like December, yeah. and uh, and so I feel like now we just look like we're having a bandwidth. But we literally, but we did it seven years ago. Yeah, I remember. It That's being what you around. need to do before you intro it every time. Be like, we are not, and just get real pissy. Yeah, 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 yeah. We well, did this a long time ago before it was even cool. Nerds love that when you get uppity with them and act entitled. Yeah, um, they, <laughs> That's they, gonna go over big. That goes over <laughs> huge. There's a You're there's welcome. a billboard. It's on. Um, Santa Monica and Westwood. Now, what if that was the whole story? <laughs> that was it. There's, and they advertise. That's a billboard. Wait a minute, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, ever mm. since last December, it's been or last Thanksgiving, it's been a dedicated Tron billboard. Oh wow! It's a new movie. So it, every two months or so, they switch it up with a different image for the movie. Mm-hmm. But it's just literally been Tron this whole time. So right now, it's like Tron Legacy, and then it has spray painted Flynn lives over it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just been weird because it's by my house. I always drive by it. And I'm like, oh, there's the Tron billboard. I'm excited about it because what I hear is that it is a true sequel. It's not like a reboot. It's it's yeah. it's a genuine sequel. Right. And um, and I and I hope that's true. I mean, some of the, the, the one of the trailers I saw, um, the, the the lead guy in it was a little like, hey. Hey, I'm awesome. Yeah, he looks a little emo-y, like a little but, um, angsty. But I don't. But but again, I mean, that was you know seeing a 30 second trailer. So I don't want to judge it. I mean, it's didn't we? You and I and uh, Janet and Jenny went to see uh, Tron and Khan, right? We went to that uh, that nerd film festival yeah. in uh, Santa Monica. Yeah, yeah. yeah and we saw right. Wrath of Khan and then Tron and then Steven Lisberger, the director, and a bunch of the tech guys uh, who you know helped do the effects for the movie were there and spoke and. It was so fascinating just to hear them say, no, we didn't have any software. You couldn't just plug anything. You know, like, we just had numbers that we put into a machine and generated these these images. Like, wow. it was, we just, we had to make up the process. I mean, that was so it's fascinating insane. to me. Yeah. Especially because I think, I think the, you know, the, the CG in that movie still holds up as it far really as I'm does. concerned. And so maybe it's a little less impressive to me now that it's like, yeah, I mean, I, I could almost do some of those, I mean... Obviously, I can't make a Fultron movie on my iMac, but, you know, you can render some really cool stuff yeah. with your home computer. And so uh, some of, the, some of the, the gloss of it is worn down a little bit. So I, but, so I hope that it's a really cool story to kind of make up for that. I hope so. I just, the, just the general look is just cool, the neon bouncing around and stuff like that, too. I, just, I feel like it's going to be pretty, pretty awesome. It's so exciting. I just love that preview. I love it. It's we just sweet. saw it before How to Train Your Dragon. I just saw that again, and it I am, got me so and excited. I'm beyond I'm beyond thrilled that Jeff Bridges decided to come back for it. Yeah. How cool is that? Amazing. Who would think when you're doing something that like 20 years later? Well, that movie plus, was con- was considered a total flop. I mean, like hmm. they it was a bomb as far as Disney was concerned. And I even have I have the first Tron DVD that you that was available. And the information on the back of the DVD was wrong. Whoa. Like, it would, it would say stuff like, um, oh, they tried to, uh, what did they call it? They called the MCP the, like, the, ma- um, 
the master computer program or something like they they got the they got it wrong like basically whoever made the dvd was like ah fuck it let's just right i guess i guess contractually we have to put this out but (laughs) don't put any thought into it whatsoever I always love it when things are wrong. Like, there is an old Legend of CB Hollow. Oh, Master Control Panel. That's what it was. The Master Control Panel. Nice. There's an old CB Hollow movie they made for, like, cable in, like, 78 or something like that. We had it at my video store. And it said it starred Jeff Boldblum. Oh, Jeff Boldblum. Not on the cover. He's taking a lot of Goldblum's roles. He really is. (laughs) He's like Goldblum, but he's not not as stuttery. He's more bold. Right. Mm -hmm. And even at the original credits for A Christmas Story, they spelled Melissa Dillon's uh, name, Melissa Dillian. Oh, can I go back to Jeff Boldblum for you a sure second? Can. Love that guy. This this was his this is his audition for Jurassic Park. Life finds a way. Whoa, way more bold. But we need someone a little stutterier. So <laughs> they called Jeff. Fuck. I guess they wouldn't be brothers because they have different last names. No, no, I'm not Goldblum. I, it's I'm a common not. mistake. <laughs> Happens all the time. I'm much bolder than Goldblum. Look, I will save you I'm at least robust. seven minutes on your runtime <laughs> if you cast me. Did you ever see the Did you ever see the thing? It's really old now, but. Someone slowed down his old iMac commercials by 30%. Yeah, yeah, no. And he looks drunk. <laughs> That's awesome. So he's like, you, you can go on the internet with a computer? Like, <laughs> it's like the magic number was 30%. He looks drunk. It was when they launched the first gen iMac uh, in the late 90s. And he did the spots for them. I'm going to find that on the internet. You will find it's, that it's, on the internet. I feel like with Jeff Goldblum, it's like most actors are high speed internet and he's dial up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I love him, but like everything is like um so um That's why we call him fifty six K. Uh Chris, uh you uh, uh, host a show. You host a show. Yes. Uh, then, he, then he speeds it up at the end because he realizes like, oh, oh I gotta shit, make up the last time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. gotta squeeze uh-huh. this in in the last second. It's like Christopher Walken like uh taking all the punctuation out of scripts yeah. so he can put in <laughs> so his own yeah, do his thing yeah. that he does. Uh, he's amazing. I love that guy. I do too. You're gonna have him on. You should have him on. I should have him on. Maybe tomorrow. You want to have him on tomorrow? <laughs> yeah. Maybe if you just say that you're gonna do it, his people will be like, "I think he's supposed to be at this place." Right. Uh, I, 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 or I could just have I don't know some actor do an impression if anybody did one. I don't. Oh, uh, I wish somebody one. could do an impression. No, because like unfortunately that. It, would, it would be Jay Moore, and you don't want to be in the same room with him because he's a genuinely unpleasant human <laughs> That's being. Kind of what I've heard. Yeah. yeah. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Awesome. I'm telling you, man. All you gotta, culture. It's so easy to be nice. It's so easy to be nice people. Yeah. He's not a nice guy. See, I don't get Boom. that. Like, because honestly, like, only like two percent of Hollywood are untouchable. You know, like Tom Hanks will always be cast, and he's a nice guy. Yeah. But outside of that, like, you have a star, it rises, it fades out. So be when it friendly. fades out, if you'd like to work again, maybe not be a dick that entire. Well, like, I think that's a lot. Up. A lot of times when you, you know, if you're watching shows and you'll see you'll see a lot of the same actors pop up and they say they just sort of get recycled in the sitcom mm-hmm. system, and you kind of go. Jesus Christ, how many chances does this guy get? What you start to realize is they show up on time, they're nice, they're easy to work with, they don't create drama, and so people just want to keep working with them. Yeah. And they and they, you know, like they get this kind of thing in their minds of and I, I think I think I think that's a lot of what happened with Ryan Reynolds. Like you, you like you watch Ryan Reynolds in the business and you and you, it's clear that Hollywood is like, "No, fuck it. You are going to be famous. I don't care how <laughs> many like movies you. it takes." <laughs> and from all accounts I've heard, he's like the nicest guy in the world. I mean, he's also easy on the eyes, am I right, ladies? You get great cheese on those abs. <laughs> but uh, he, uh, and so you just you just realize, like, hey, you know what? Even if your reasoning is selfish, be nice. Be nice. Just be yeah. nice to people. It's, it's okay. It's, 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 not, it's not hard. And it really does make your days better if you're a friendly person. Well, the thing is, we are lucky to work in this business we work in, and sometimes it can be emotionally draining. But yeah. the fact is, 
it's it's a gift to be able to yeah. do this, and you it should be fun, and you should be happy, and you should it, you know shouldn't be like shitty drama. You know, oh, this person will come out of their trailer. Why? <laughs> what, uh, Remind them that they are they have angry food about their millions of dollars? Drink, are they yeah. angry about having a job in a bad right. economy? I don't know. I mean, everybody's going to have a bad day every yeah. once in a while, but no. one bad day is not going to get you a reputation. Mm-hmm. You right. Know? And there's people that have these horrible reps that almost always end up being true because they're just terrible. Yeah. And Seth Morris tells a great story about meeting Bruce Willis when he was a kid. <laughs> that he was like, uh, he saw him in like this hotel lobby or whatever. And he was, like, all nervous because he wanted to approach him because he had seen him and stuff. And he started to walk up to him. Bruce walks, walked by and went, fuck you, kid. Oh, and kept walking. No. Which is amazing. And I guess Seth saw him, like, several years later at that same hotel or whatever and was just, like, so – didn't approach him but was so tempted to walk by him just to see if he would go, fuck you, kid. <laughs> that's amazing. That's really amazing. You know, but that's so crazy that it it's almost okay. It is. It's almost amazing. Yeah. It's very Bruce Willis, at least. It really like, is. Wow. I was just a part of that moment. That's not bad. That is not bad. You got your new thing. <laughs> hey, fuck you, kid. Not Chris, to me. Chris Hardwick Stop sings it. the hits. <laughs> fuck you, kid. So, uh, so Fletch is one of your favorite comedies, right? Fletch is definitely one of my favorite comedies. A movie that keeps threatening to be remade. Yes, that's actually what I want to talk about. Like, they, it seems that like every year there's like another report about who's going to do it and what's going to happen. Like the last one was uh, Joshua Jackson, mm-hmm. who's now sort of semi-attached with Steve Pink directing, uh-huh. and then before that it was Zach Braff. Yeah, yeah. Um, Perfect. For I mean, that, it was Kevin Smith with like Ben Affleck, I think. Ben uh, Affleck. You know, the truth is, <laughs> I actually, I genuinely like Ben Affleck. And as Fletch. Well, I, I mean, here's the thing. I as as I don't know Ben, but uh, but I do know people who know Ben, mm-hmm. and um, they say he's. Like the funniest, most charming guy you could ever really? you could ever meet. So yeah. I could see him. I could almost. I mean, I'm sure this is going to anger a lot of your podcast listeners who are like Ben Affleck is Flash. You can't do that. I I don't, I don't think he think would so. do a bad job. I think I think if the script were good. I mean, it's just that. I mean, you know, it, it it was taken from a book, so it's tough to say like what the what the author had in mind when he was writing right. Fletch. But you know, Chevy Chase is so ingrained in our minds because mm-hmm. he like that was such. The perfect astrology of right script, right story, right guy, bringing his own uh, like his 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 uh, comedy quirks just fit that so beautifully. Yeah. It's really hard to imagine someone else going in there and and being able to do it any justice. But right. um, well, it's not like it wasn't an iconic character before he did it. You know what right. I mean? Like it was a series of books that mystery readers liked. You know, right? But there's only a few of them, um, and then he kind of originated it in a lot of people's eyes. So. Anybody else doing it, it's like, well, no, it's Chevy Chase as yeah. Fletch. And that that kind of like that kind of snarcasm is really hard to pull off well without people I mean like to to be that character and to have it seem organic and be likable at the same yeah. time is very hard to do because most people most people will see that and they go, Oh, you just gotta be a sarcastic asshole. Right. And they just they play the sarcasm so hard. That you just end up you hating the character, and you're like, him, yeah. ah, you're too aware of what you're doing, and it's annoying, and you know. But he just, ma- it was just him. He was just that character, and so you know, it's that's that's a tough one to pull off. That's, I mean, that's like that's like covering Let It Be or something. Like you, you it just there's you know 99 ways to do it wrong and one way to do it right. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I, well, I, 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 I wish them Ryan the best. Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds could be good in that. Um, I, you know. Here's the thing about Ryan Reynolds. I 
Because they've made him the snarky, sarcastic character in a lot of movies, like Blade, right. Blade Trinity, or like he was the, kind of the. And I don't, I don't, I don't like that as much. I mean, I feel like he is a nice guy, and so for him, like being that sarcastic guy is a little. It's a little abrasive to me. Yeah, I can see that. But maybe he could just wear midriff shirts the whole time. Hey, yeah. ladies. No, Fletch has new abs. <laughs> Fletch's abs. I like it. Fletch mm. 3, getting abs. Ooh, in 3D. That's the 3D angle, too, when they're going in there. Yeah. Oh, my God, it's like the abs are my popcorn. It's fantastic. <laughs> they're also doing a, a TV remake right now, The Rockford Files. With, yeah, uh, Dermot Moroni. Which is also an interesting choice because Dermot always seems pretty low-key to me. Yeah. Um, and, again, uh, James Garner was so much a part of why that show worked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was literally just his... It was just him. He just worked in that role. And, again, to be kind of snarky and, and yet likable at the same time, it's such a... It's such a... Such a tightwire act. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to pull that off. To me, it just, it's like, I mean, I'll check it out because I love the original show. But at the same time, like, it doesn't seem to me like the show concept isn't that crazy. It's no, just, just, a, it's just private, a private, private yeah. eye. Just an ex-con private it's eye. Just it just gets crapped show. on all the time. It's just, it's just branding. I mean, you know, yeah. like, because it's, it's so much harder to sell a show if it was like, you know, the, uh, the Dave Martin Chronicles. Like, well, right. no one knows who Dave, Dave Martin, Martin is. But Rockford Files, aha! And who wants meaning. new ideas? I mean, I'm sick of new ideas, you know? Yeah. So, it's like, let's just recycle time. everything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, please. Let's just green. recycle Let's just recycle everything. Keep Except in green. this version, uh, James, Rock, James Rockford uh, is an empath. So oh. he has the ability to <laughs> he has the ability to absorb the emotions of, of whoever. And Jennifer Love Hewitt will make appearances. Yes, right. that's right. Mm. Yep. He also has a cloak of invisibility. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, he's allowed to use three times in the series run. So he's got to pick the. We just right got to start. Wow. We just got to start seeing mashups. Yeah. The, the greatest American Rockford. Jim Rockford <laughs> is given a suit by aliens. And yeah, where is this? They got to start doing these more. <laughs> by the way, I've been watching some Greatest American Heroes on Netflix, streaming on Netflix, love and it. um, it's a fucking great show. I love that show. First of all, genius concept. Genius concept. Like get aliens giving a guy a super suit, and then the FBI getting involved, and then just sort of like. He just sort of has to work for them, and he's not good at using the suit. That is fucking brilliant. Now go. It seems that he's always flying like five feet above the ground. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, that, all that part's terrible. All the effects high. are all the effects are terrible. But, but phenomenal. I mean, Robert Culp was so awesome in that in that yeah. in that uh, show. And I know that script has been bouncing around as a, a movie version for like a decade. That's got to happen at some point, you would think. There were I, I read I read on a I read on a website like like nine years ago that they had already been through several inc- several incarnations of what the script would be. Like, oh, maybe the aliens give a bunch of different people around the planet suits. And, like, it wasn't Ralph Hinckley-based. Oh, wow. Mm. Um, it was just, it was suit-based. So, I don't know. I'd check it out. Preview has to be good, though. It would um, have to be really good. Yeah, but can't you just imagine the posters at the bus stop with just that symbol? Yeah. You would instantly oh. be like, fuck, I, here, I'll just stuff my money into yeah. this yeah. bus <laughs> ad. Okay, okay. Yep. Uh, have you seen the trailers for the, the A-Team movie? Yeah, I did see the trailer for the I haven't. It's uh, it looks pretty hardcore. Like it's it's uh, what's his name? The guy that did Narc and Smoking Aces, Joe Carnahan, is okay. directing it. So it should be like really kind of like ultra violent and gritty, which actually might kind of serve it well. Mm-hmm. Like it might be like really cool and over the top. And I feel like they cast it really well. Well, no one ever got hurt in the TV series. Yeah, it was just a lot of jeeps flipping over and exactly. these horrible accidents, and then guys getting out and holding their heads. Oh, and accessories. I have a slight headache now after my <laughs> jeep flipped over three times. People are going to get hurt in this thing, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> kind of have to. Yeah. Will they bleed? 
They will. Oh. Blue blood. I'm not Well, going. if exploding counts as bleeding. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> That's just human confetti. Yep. Ah, oh, jeepers. Uh, do you see Kick-Ass yet? No, I haven't had time. I, I was traveling all weekend, and then I've been back to work. I, I really want to see... Uh, I really want to see that movie. It's cool. I, mean, I saw it like six months ago on a, a sneak screen kind of thing, and mm-hmm. then I saw it again this weekend just to see if it changed, which it did not. Mm-hmm. It was like pretty much identical. Mm-hmm. I think there's like one tiny little monologue they inserted to give mm-hmm. the characters reason for doing something a little more sense. Mm-hmm. Other than that, like it's pretty much the same movie, and it's it's enjoyable. Like I like it. It's not like the best thing in the history of the world. And it's all about Hit Girl. She pretty much makes the movie, but mm-hmm. um, a lot of critics are like really opposed to it. They hate it because they're all like middle-aged parents and just the idea of an 11-year-old girl like blowing people's heads off is like <laughs> really making it hard for them to deal with it and Roger Ebert gave it like one star and like, oh, yeah. railed against it so like now all these people like have this huge backlash against Roger Ebert saying he's irrelevant and blah 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 because he didn't like a movie I mean it's not it's not surprising that I mean, even I, and I don't have delicate sensibilities at all, was like, oh, kids shooting people in the face. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's because, but that's only because there are a lot of fucking dumb kids who are going to be like, I'm Hit Girl, bam, yeah. bam, blam. Right. Um, but so I, I, I don't know. I don't know what the repercussions of that are going to be. But, um, but if, you know, uh, I hope that it doesn't happen, but if some kid goes in and lights up a school dressed up as Hit Girl, it's going to create a lot of Roger new boundaries Ebert. for Hollywood really in, in terms of, you know, what they're what they're allowed to do? Well, I mean, the whole like, it, the movie has kind of tonal problems, which you'll see if you see it. Because, because kind of the whole concept is this kid decides like, I'm going to try to be a superhero. He doesn't have any superhero powers, or whatever. And he gets the crap beaten out of him. Like he gets hurt really badly in the movie a lot, right? You know? And then she's like um, been trained by her dad to be like a vigilante kind of thing, Nick Cage and that kind of stuff. So when she does stuff, it's almost like she has powers, even though she doesn't. She's just so super like trained. Watchmen, though. Yeah. So she's just over the top, kind of like kill Bill Uma Thurman, kind of mm. like you know, baby girl, dice and baby girl, just, <laughs> and has a very foul mouth and stuff like that too. So it almost feels like two different movies in a way. I don't mind. I don't mind the foul mouth thing. I mean, you know, look, the, the foul mouth kids are what made Bad News Bears. Oh yeah, and you know, people look back at Bad News Bears and go, oh, "What a fun mm-hmm. movie!" But if you, you know, like kids were dropping the N word in that, and yep. you know, like swearing and drinking, the kids were the kid, one kid was drinking beer. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, they, 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 the one kid called called about every other, all the other kids faggots. Like it, you know. So, and that's that's I think that's looked upon as like, oh, that's a, that's a cinematic treasure. Bad news. Bad news. <laughs> what a cute movie! It's and if a kid shows me. up and does that at school, that's not as bad, right? You know, as killing people. Just keep putting yeah, time that's out true. Whatever. Yeah. I feel like there's like a lot of movies from like the late seventies, early eighties where like faggot is bandied about. Like, yeah. Like especially like Slapshot. If you ever watched that movie, yeah. That Paul Newman hockey movie, it's great. But my God, that's like the go-to. <laughs> yep. uh, we need a word here. Got any suggestions? That's right. <laughs> oh, so let's have a nice little transition into the iPad. Okay. Um, you have one, correct? I do. do you, I saw it on you Twitter it? that you do have. I one. do. I do love it. I'm I'm gonna get the 3G one when it comes out, and then give this one to Janet. Um, Aw. Uh, in her cage, I, she needs something to do in that. Yep, that's right. I'll slide under the door. It's that thin. <laughs> oh, I don't even have to nice. open the door. I'll slide it right under. <laughs> um, it's uh, it's great. I I love it. Um, uh, I, I I got. Uh, shredded on Twitter by people who said I was sucking Apple's dick, and I'm like, but what would I gain from sucking Apple? I don't get anything from Apple them. Apple come. 
Apple cum, yeah, it's sweet and delicious. <laughs> and also, the natural pectins uh, are good for your system. But you only get that if you buy Apple cum care, which is really expensive. <laughs> oh, yeah. Apple cum care is only $99. <laughs> but honestly, like, you, you know, anytime you have a, a, a cum spent. problem, like, you just go, go, to, a, go to a cum genius <laughs> and, uh, and they'll, they'll, they'll sort it out. Line, though, you know? well, yeah, well, you got to make an appointment. Yep. You got to make a complaint. Call ahead. <laughs> Get it ahead, you. But uh, <laughs> but you know, I, I I love mine because first of all, I I love the I, I, the other another thing another reason why I think there was a lot of backlash is you know there are some people who just hate Apple, hate their yeah. sort of walled garden philosophy and DRM kind of uh, mindset. Right. I mean. You know, the upside of their fascist regime is they make a lot of products and apps that work very well mm-hmm. together. And so when people are like, oh, they should, they need to change the app process, it's like, no, they don't. They're not a government. Yeah. Not, it's not a fucking democracy. It's a company. They yeah. can do whatever they want. You don't have to be take part in it. You don't have to buy it. You don't have to deal with it. You know, I mean, there, there's something to that, <clears throat> that super controlled environment that makes the experience a little bit smoother. I mean, you know, like... Syncing syncing PC shit together is a pain in the ass because yeah. everything's third party and a lot of stuff is proprietary and there aren't that that, that many standards and so it, it just kind of sucks and if you like a smooth easy process you know some hardcore PC nerds will tell you you're just a fucking stupid idiot but I happen to you know I've had computers for tw- uh, thirty years now and and I just like the smooth way that Apple kind of flows together with all of their products so I see it. I mean like my thing is. Like the Netflix streaming, if it was just a piece of glass that streamed Netflix, people would be like, this is the greatest thing ever. (laughs) But, you know, it does – It like that's just one thing that it does and you'll only see the apps get better. And it's not so much that it's the device itself. I mean the device is great but it's – you know, obviously it's the content and the apps that really make the thing worthwhile. And so I just think they're going to get better and more powerful. And I think the second gen iPad is going to be really amazing. And you know, especially if the if the fourth gen iPhone is any indication of you know what's going to happen. Yeah, it's going to be pretty. It's so, so it's beautiful, be really though. Good. Like whenever I see one, I just get excited. It's it really so is. vibrant. It's gorgeous. I, and I got a lot of people who are like, "It's just a big iPhone." And first of all, most of those people had never touched it before. They were just or regurgitating. Even touched an iPhone because that's a fun, <laughs> lazy American thing to do. I heard this thing, so I'm going to regurgitate it because I'm angry, and I just want to regurgitate an angry thing. Secondly, it's sort of like like saying um, like the develop the people who made it said. Saying it's like a giant iPhone is like saying your swimming pool is a giant bathtub. Like it, <laughs> it just there, there's more there's more screen real estate, so the the apps are way more involved than you can possibly get right. on your iPhone. They're, I mean, and gorgeous, gorgeous. So yeah, there's some. It doesn't it doesn't play Flash. We know that. Um, I haven't had a lot of issues with that yet, actually, because a lot of sites are updating to HTML5. Right. Um, and so that hasn't really that hasn't really been uh, an issue yet. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's no multitasking. You don't always you don't really need to multitask all of your apps anyway. There's only some apps that you want to multitask, and if you have a lot of apps running in the background, it's going to suck up a lot of your RAM, and your thing is going to run slower anyway. So yeah, that's very true. Do you have a favorite app? Um, the Netflix app is amazing. Yeah. Evernote is a phenomenal a note taking app mm-hmm. that you can you can get Evernote. On all your platforms, there's a desktop version and an iPhone version, then a web version as well, huh. and an iPad version. And so, whenever you update anywhere, it just keeps all your notes it in sync. Them all. Oh, and that's you can awesome! And you can take 
picture notes and make audio notes as well. But when you take a picture note of like a business card, mm-hmm. it makes all the text searchable uh, in the card. So it's a really it's a really great That's app, right. and they That's did a really nuts. they did a really nice job. But even the native apps like iCal and, and Addressbook, mm-hmm. and they just they, they they redesigned the interface, and they're they're just super awesome. That's cool. So I just think they did a really nice job. That's cool. So I'm like not sold on it, but I'm not gonna hate on it. Like that, that's what I understand. It's like people who like don't listen to YouTube but just hate them because they're popular. Right. You know what I mean? It's and just that, that that's what thing. happens. But the thing is, you you know, I mean, I was at the keynote speech when he announced the iPad, and I I walked out of there like you know like all, all my friends at Gizmodo and people I know at Engadget, and we all said the same thing, which is like, who the fuck's gonna buy this? What is this? It's one of those things you just can't wrap your mind around until you play with it for a while. Right. And I thought maybe I would put mine down after a couple days, and I, but I have. It is slowly eclipsing my laptop because oh, wow. it's just easier to carry around, yeah. you know. And 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 I, uh, I genuinely, I genuinely love it. Hey, so. Do you have like a little wireless keyboard that you use with it? Because I have a friend who has one of those. No, I haven't needed that. I haven't needed that. Yet. I mean, I haven't written, you know, so far just emailing and you know typing notes and stuff. Mm-hmm. I haven't, I haven't needed it. At some point, if I rely more heavily on it, yeah, I might get the Bluetooth keyboard and right. and, and carry it around, which would still be. A lot less weight on my back in airports than my, laptop. my laptop. Right, I, I dig that. So yeah, I, I'm 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 a big fan of the iPad, and I, I just say try it and then decide if you hate it. Get a mouthful. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Slurps. So we do this we do this thing on the podcast that are called firsts, like or pops, mm-hmm. more or less. Uh, Oops. Non-sexual. Um, but <laughs> in the past, you've done like uh, what was the first concert you went to? What was the first R-rated movie you went to? Stuff like that. So, for you, and we'll answer this. Uh, what was the first gadget you had as a kid that got you interested in technology? Um, well, the, there's a couple answers to that. And my grandfather was a was a technophile, so he had hmm. he had the first of ever, like my grandfather had a laserdisc player in 1979. Whoa! You know he he would buy the Atari. He bought the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. He bought the Intellivision. He bought Coleco. But like he would just buy all these. He had like early camcorders. <laughs> he had a Betamax, but then got rid. Like he was a big time tech early adopter. He got rid of the Betamax when he realized they were being phased out and got a VHS player. Even though I know he you know he always said Betamax was better. Right. Um. But uh. But I I got my first computer in nineteen eighty one, and it was a it was a Radio Shack TRS eighty. Nice. And it didn't really do much other than boot up. Um, so that was, I think that was the first, I mean, you know, unless you're counting like a record player or something, but that was like my first really hardcore piece of tech that was mine. Right. And we had like a Zenith uh, PC clone from like 80, late early 80s, two mm-hmm. floppies, you know, 5 yeah. k or whatever, played <laughs> text adventures and I had the like yep. Who Framed Roger Rabbit game oh, on yeah. there and played that a lot. Um, that was a good time. I think for me, like the first gadget that got me going, like gadgets are cool. Is I had the Etch a Sketch Animator. Do you mm-hmm. remember yep, that? Yeah, I remember that. It was basically like an Etch a Sketch. It looked mm-hmm. like one, but it was electronic. It was pretty expensive at the time. It's like two little dials on the side and stuff like that. And uh, it was like an animator. So you would make a frame, like a like a cell, basically. Yeah. Uh, it's all dots, so you know uh, the the thing it came with in the manual was how to animate a breakdancing skeleton. Like that was yeah. like, <laughs> the, the fallback thing, and it could do I think ten to twelve frames. That's all it was. Um, and you oh, and you the do each of, of the frames. Yeah, you make you draw the frames. It's like a flip book. Yeah, pretty much. 
but a very expensive 12 foot book. <laughs> yeah. And then you you know you hit you hit play, or you can go forward or reverse, you can change the speeds and stuff like mm-hmm. that too. So you can make your skeleton break down to whatever speed you want, or repeat frames, you can put in a sequence. And then you were burned as a witch. Exactly. <laughs> so you can we're animating the dead. <laughs> so you could do like, you know, frame one, frame two, frame two, frame two, frame five, frame two, frame two, like that if you wanted to do some sort of weird Whoa. jumping around or whatever. But I thought that was like the coolest thing in the world. That's I mean, you know, I was because uh, I'm a, I'm a few years older than you, so I, I remember I mean, when, but when I got that computer, it had only been a handful of years since you could buy a personal computer. I mean, right. like, you know, before that, there was not a lot available. You could buy yeah. kits to build computers. Um, but, uh, you know, Radio Shack, it's so funny that Radio Shack was like the technical hub <laughs> at that time. And then it's funny how the rest of technology just sort of steamrolled over Radio Shack. Now you can get batteries there, I think. They can get batteries. batteries. You can buy a robot that runs on a wet potato or something. (laughs) They don't have Terry Hatcher and Howie Long anymore. Oh, yeah. That's what happened. Howie, what are you doing over there? (laughs) It was like the worst instant of no chemistry whatsoever. Oh, come on. Those people together. Magic. It was like no. Hitler and a kitten. They did not mix very well. Who's the kitten is what I want to know. Maybe magic in Ravenclaw, clearly oh. the saddest house of the four. Oh, oh, my gadget was, I don't know. No, I do know. I just got it. We got an Apple computer when, in, I guess it was like 88, and um, I could play Space Quarks on it. Do you guys remember that game? I, I was just a little bit of kid, and... Um, like that was hugely exciting to me. It had a joystick, and I could press the button. And a did you play Dark Castle? Did you have that no. game? I was like, I remember playing the old Apples, the old Macintoshes. I played Zork on the Apple IIe, yeah, which Zork. was pre pre Macintosh. Zork. Um, Zork was a text, but well, text based they... adventure game like Hitchhikers and uh, yeah, yeah. You know, what do you want to do now? L left. Yeah. You know, pick up. Uh, I mean, and but and then in the late nineties, they made. They started making a couple really fun Zork games again. They made um, Zork the Grand Inquisitor, but it was you know like a, it was a it was a, a, a graphic it was a, a GUI. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a, gra- a graphic based game as opposed to the, the text, and it was awesome, awesome. But now you can't really play it anymore <laughs> because yeah. none, none of the <laughs> systems are going to run it. I used to play a lot of like the King's Quest games on my uh, King's Quest, which is really silly. Games. And then my friend had a Commodore 64, and we played Load Runner all the time. Oh yeah, Load Runner oh. was a big one. I used to play on a big uh, time. My fr- my friend's dad had you know like one of the original Macintosh computers. We played Load Runner on that. That game was awesome. Then Archon, which was like Battle Chess. Did you ever play that? Uh-uh. Was that the one where like if you were uh, if you, like the queen would like zap people yep. with the with her sorcery? That's that exactly scary. what it was. Yeah, it was just like chess, but like whatever you hit it like. Like they would do their move, but it would. It be was like, like Wizard's animated. Chess, second Harry yeah. Potter reference. Exactly. Now that I'm thinking about, it, I think Hufflepuff is probably the weeniest house, not Ravenclaw. No, yeah, Hufflepuff, Hufflepuff is so famous. friendly, though. Yeah, well, maybe if they were a little less friendly, a little more magic centric. Okay. So you're would, this yeah. kind of person. Hufflepuff, yeah. I feel, is, is kind of like they wouldn't be the faggots, as Slapshot <laughs> would have said. Were Slapshot to talk about the houses of. Harry Potter, and Potter. if they were to see into the future in their fictional movie. Right. I think Which they, could they should happen. do a movie of just Hufflepuff kids. They all have, like, social issues and learning disorders and I stuff. think the Hufflepuff kids is like that. <laughs> What's that Bat Camp movie with Ben Stiller? Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of Hufflepuff at camp. It's a little Hufflepuffy. Oh. <laughs> I think that'd be really awesome if they like spun off a Hufflepuff series thinking, onto yeah. like the CW or something. <laughs> Tuesdays on a very special Hufflepuff. Hey man! All right, so we uh, we got to get to our questions. Okay. Um, so hey, you want to use that hand job spell? <laughs> <laughs> a 
got it wrong and I've got another ranch. <laughs> For a great hand job under pressure, <laughs> I award Hufflepuff. <laughs> <laughs> Bean. There it is. Did you just uh, get house points for giving a magical hand job? I gave house points. Yeah. Uh, it happens. Um, all right. So uh, I've prepared five questions about your own career, Chris Hardwick. Uh, and let's see how you do. I'm pretty narcissistic. I'm probably going to do pretty well. They're pretty s- stupid nitpicky, so we'll see. Don't say they're stupid, Cole. Love yourself. They're stupid. No. They're great. Um, all right. Here you go. Question one. Your first credit on IMDb is for a 1991 episode of 30-something, mm-hmm. where you played Young Man. Mm-hmm. What was the name of your episode? Oh. Closing the Circle. Yes, Damn. yes, there you go. He is a narcissist. You, don't forget, you usually don't forget your first. <laughs> well, there's a reason that I know the episode name, and that's because um, the, the guy who was directing the episode that week, uh, my best friend in high school or in, and then in college was a storyboard artist. And so he was brought in by this guy who was directing to help him, you know, storyboard the episode. And he had uh, he had this guy have a couple of his friends, which is myself and someone else, come in and kind of block out the scenes for that episode. And so there was this role of this, like, goodwill delivery guy. And he was like, oh, do you want to be in this? And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> and I actually had been tapped Hartley in the SAG. Um, nice. And so that actually got me my SAG card was that episode. Oh, wow. And so for, like, you know, a week and a half or two weeks, I would go to the 30-something set and block out these scenes. And so that's why I remember that it was called Closing the Circle. Because it was the episode after Peter Horton's character dies. Oh. And his best friend, um, played by Ken Olin, was just trying to deal with, you know, with the with the aftermath of this major character's death on the show. Wow. Yeah. So it's, it's always fun to think back on how, how you got your side card. For me, it was like 96, and I was a featured extra in George of the Jungle. Nice! Wow, so did you get to wear in. jungle clothes? No, we were like shopping in like a convenience store, and he comes in and like starts throwing around bananas or something. They Cole, watch out for that tree! <laughs> Whoa. That was good, you guys. You can't see what happened, but Cole just did the best thing. It, it was really hilarious. <laughs> it was so good. Um, all right, so here's It's probably in the Disney vault somewhere here. At the oh, yeah. It probably is. It should be in yeah. here. <laughs> Very deep. All right, here's your second question. Back in 2001, you appeared as a celebrity panelist on Hollywood Squares. Uh, name as many of the other eight panelists on that week with you as you can. Um, Terry Garr. Yep. Um, Martin Mull. Mm-hmm. Uh, Richard Kind. Yep. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, Schnarks. Sh- Whoopi Goldberg. Yep. yep. Can't, Can't forget the center square. <laughs> um, that's four, right? Yes. Um, this is a kind of flower, and it's also a Latina hottie. <laughs> <laughs> Vanessa's great with the clues. Uh... Tulip Rodriguez? <laughs> no. so, oh, yeah. It's so very close. close. Um, oh, I can't remember. Uh, Daisy Fuentes. Oh, my God. How can I forget Daisy? I worked with her at MTV. Uh, Naomi Judd. Oh, that's right. Latina with the flower name? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Severio Guerra? That one I would not have remembered. And, and Luther, Luther Vandross. Vandross. Luther Vandross. That's right. What a day for you. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, of course, was nerding out over uh, Martin Mall and Terry Gar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, oh, I, I sat next to Terry Gar for, you know, for one of the episodes, because you do five, and you do five in a day. Right. And uh, and then she gave an answer, and after she was like, I don't think that was very funny. And I'm like, I was like, no, you were really funny. It was awesome. <laughs> but just, like, watching her get a little insecure oh. about, which all comics do. Yeah. Right. It was really, really amazing. She's amazing. Mm. Terry Gar is yeah. amazing. She's so funny. Um, okay. Question three. 
You starred as Sean Barker for 13 episodes of the short-lived 1998 sitcom Guys Like Us. Yes, on UPN. Uh, what fetching TV actress played Jude for six episodes? Um, that was Linda Cardellini. Yes, it was. Yeah, and if the char- if the series had gone on and gotten picked up, my character and her character in the very in the very last episode we shot, we have a makeout scene, and then our characters were supposed to start dating after Whoa. that. And then Linda had to go on and get all famous. Blair, Blair, yeah. Blair. I love her. She was great. Yeah, I, I, we were we were really good pals, and then I haven't I haven't seen her in, in years. Linda, if you're out there. I think someone has something they'd like to say to you. Go ahead. <laughs> She's one of our 13 listeners. Great. <laughs> good. All right, question four. You played second engineer in 2003's Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines. Technically, it was engineer number two. Okay. Oh, thank uh, you. In order for the production to fly under the radar, it had a fake production name. What was it? Oh, um, that is an excellent question. I remember seeing it on the script, too. Um, okay, Sergeant Somebody. And then four sides are the equal equal length. Um, Sergeant Square, uh, uh, York York Square. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. York Square. We should play board games together. <laughs> we really should. Any of those board games where you're allowed? Uh, I cheat in all of them, so it doesn't matter. That's great. We can pick any game. <laughs> all right, fifth and final question. You've uh, you've aced these so far. Uh, sort of. Pretty oh, yeah. close. You did pretty well on the Hollywood Squares thing. Uh, you voice Otis the Cow in Nickelodeon's Smash Kids show back at the Barnyard. I don't think I do. Oh. No, I'm kidding. I do. I was like, what? what if I forgot? <laughs> this show I've worked on for three years. Also on the show as Peck the Rooster is legendary voiceover artist Rob Paulson. Amazing. Who is perhaps best known as the voice of what two characters from Animaniacs? Um, he's the voice of uh, Pinky, yep. and he's also the voice of uh, Yakko. There you go. Yep. Great job. And he was also a Ninja Turtle. That's right. And he also did stuff on the Smurfs. That dude is amazing. Unstoppable. Amazing. Amazing. Rob Paulson is fucking phenomenal. You should have him on I'd at some point. I bet he on. would do it. Yeah, he's he's a delightful a delightful human being. Rob Paulson, awesome. if you're out there, I think Cole has something you'd like Linda to say. You and Linda are having a listening <laughs> uh, They always do. Really <laughs> awkward now that Janet's been on the podcast, and Janet also kind of knows Linda because she's been up for the festival, That's too. True, There's yeah. no Hardwick Cardellini magic anymore. This We're, t- we're talking oh, 1998. Oh, but there was magic. No, 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 no. There, there was, was no person. There was no personal. There was Send no ever. Magic. magic. No, no. Our characters. Burn about the snake. Jude and Sean would, would, had magic. Okay. Chris and Linda were just very good friends. So you're that kind of actor that pretends there's characters. It was actually Linda's roommate that got me back into stand-up. Wow. Because I, I had been afraid to do it since college, and her roommate was a girl named Elizabeth Beckwith, who was a fucking phenomenal comic. And we all went to, we all went to see Lizzie perform one night at this little cafe in Westwood, and it, the show was so much fun. I'm like, I gotta start doing this again! And then that's when I started doing stand-up comedy again. Oh. 1999. Killer, dude. Yeah, no one really asks that question, and no one gives a fuck. Question but, uh, six. Uh, who got you out of <laughs> Oh, your I don't show, remember. <laughs> All right, so you've gotten through my tough questions. Now you got to get through Vanessa's Watch out. Uh, hard-hitting tough guys. I'm about to go Connie Chung on your ass. Um, the first one, this is what I ask all the guests. Uh, it's important. Who's the skinniest celebrity you've ever met? And then you tell me with your hands how big around they are, and then I'll describe that. Their wrist. Or their waist. You can pick. Just tell me what you're indicating. The skinniest celebrity I've ever met. Oh, um, no. Why are you searching it? Right? Some of the past ones have been uh, Lara Flynn Boyle, mm-hmm. Candy Newton. Um, oh, yeah. Someone had... Oh, the... That I've ever met or just seen, like, out in public? That's fine. Anything. Um, shit. I, I honestly, I can't, I can't think of anyone. Have you seen the Olsons? Never in person. God, me either. 
No, I've never seen the movie. Oh, there you go. Oh, I, I, the, the best. Lay it on me. Lindsay Lohan. <gasps> I flew next to her all, all the way to New York once. Um, this was last year. Whoa. Okay. I, I get on the plane and I sit down and sh- and and I see this girl's like laughing really loudly on her cell phone, acting like a twelve year old really, and she had a hood on. And I'm like, who the fuck? Because I thought I was the, literally the first person on the plane, and there's already this girl on there taking the up phone. an eighth of a seat. And then, yeah, when you look at her, she's 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 got bird bones. I mean, like she's tiny, tiny, tiny. Indicate. Um, probably couldn't have been bigger than that. Around her whole. It's like her waist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, it's tough, you know, because when she was, I mean, I was just grabbing onto her while she was sleeping, right. and, and so it was really tough <laughs> to get. And I couldn't quite get my thumb and middle <laughs> fingers to touch on either side okay. of her, but I got really close. I'd say that's about the length. Her body width is about the length of ten kidney beans, ten butt kidney to beans, butt. Folks. Yes. She measures everything. In okay. Or other beans. What do peanut butter and the iPad have in common? Um, I have ejaculated onto both of them. <laughs> Good answer. That's, okay. That's, a, that's what you have scribbled down there. Yep. <laughs> and you are correct according when to that doubt, research. Come joke. Come joke. Look at that Apple Come Care. That's true. Yeah, so that's uh, why I was able to come on the just, iPad. Yeah. Oh. What happened? No, nothing. Okay. <laughs> well, so what just um, happened there was called a callback. <laughs> something earlier in the podcast. And then I got some cum in my eye. Um, okay, so here's a really tough one. A wizard appears, and he says to you, and he he can do whatever he says he's going to do, so this is going to happen. He's a legitimate you wizard. You have to, he's a <laughs> real a wizard. <laughs> okay, he's a legitimate wizard. Um, he says to you, forever you will either have to wear all of your clothing made of felt, or everything you wear will be plaid, but it can be any material you wish. What do you do? Um, I, I go plaid. Because felt would be very irritating on the skin after I a agree. while. And also just look terrible. At least with plaid, that frees you up. I mean, like, plaids can be a lot of different styles of plaids. Yeah, and it could be your thing. It could be your thing. Yeah, yeah this plaid guy. Felt just means hey, you sweat and stink. Is he just ripping off forever plaid? <laughs> <laughs> that ridiculous musical? Ugh. Okay, the same wizard returns. He's pleased with your Wizard, birth. I can't believe I've seen you again. I thought well, our, our, that I'm last bad. encounter would be it. It's no. snow in the wizarding world right now, Chris. I have another weird thing I want to try. By the way, thanks for all the plaid. <laughs> you look amazing. <laughs> um, okay, so if one part of your body could be robotic, and it can't be your private parts, no personal, what would it be? Um, and you can decide what robotic means as well. Maybe it has a mop in it, or maybe it's just really... Well working. Um, mm-hmm. It's tough. It would be fun to have a robotic brain. I'd like, like to be able to access all of human knowledge via the... Why you making oh, that like, could never love. Like, <laughs> like Chuck. No, 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 no. You'd never love again. That's not to say I couldn't love. I, I'm not saying I want to be a sterile robot. I'm just saying, saying? If, if, the brain could be, <laughs> if the brain could be robotic in some way. I, it sounds to me like you want to be a sterile robot. Well, if I were not a robot right now, that would hurt my feelings. <gasps> Oh my God! It's, it came true. I'm a, I'm a plaid <laughs> robot brain. Oh no! Okay, robotic brain. You kind of you're gonna need a robot brain to find all the fucking plaid to you're outfit right. you for the rest of your life. I think true. the wizard will help you. You think so? No, I'm know. done. Oh, I've cast my spells and I'm out hey, of here. What a dick! Hey, my, that's not my job. All right, <laughs> I did what I was supposed to do. I came. I did my. Thing. I'm a union wizard. <laughs> that's right. I don't I don't fucking get involved in that other shit. <laughs> okay, this is the last one. All right. Do you think it's cute when unlikely animals are friends? Like if a dog and an elephant are friends with each other? Friends. Um, <laughs> Whoa. 
Actually, we just had on Web Soup last night a black Labrador and a baby deer playing in a yard. Best thing ever, right? It was right? pretty great. Because the deer did this thing where it's paws where it, it would, you know, when a deer it kind of attack plays, they, they swat their front legs really fast. Like they get up on their hind legs, legs and they do this. We're doing really cute impressions right now. Imagine a deer on a speed bag. It sort of looks like that. Was that the palate cleanser? It was the palate cleanser. That seems like mm. it would be. Yeah. Nice. The palate cleanser. I love that too. Until the oh. lab gutted the deer. And then oh, it became yeah. a thing you can't see. <laughs> <laughs> we get rid of nice double duty. Too. It's nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. great. Well, I gotcha. Yeah, I, I'm, I I'm, I'm, I'm all for animals crossing um, species lines to yeah. the pals. Yeah, interspecial love. Yeah, yeah. So like uh, when you watch Fox and the Hound, you're not like really offended. And if no, you no, had, no, no. Like, if a bulldog had feelings for you, you'd think about it. Yeah, absolutely. I would. I've already fucked an iPad in a jar of peanut butter, so I don't really see how <laughs> oh, a bulldog... Oh, that would be a step up. Kind of low. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At Warm. Le- at least a bulldog can react. <laughs> Lubricate. In some way. I don't know. I don't know if it can do that. To I've be never fair, had peanut butter is a natural lube. But it's also a natural sticky... It is a natural sticky. Of all the natural stickies, it is a natural Guys, sticky. Guys, I would love to sit here and talk about lubrication stuff all night long. But that and apple cum. All that natural sticky. Uh, Chris, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Yeah, thank you. We it was, totally hey, listen, it. it was very exciting to pop your culture. Oh, Aww, I got thanks, it. man. Yeah, clean up. So uh, a couple of uh, little pluggy plugs here. Um, you're doing a live taping of your Nerdist podcast. Yeah, we started doing a monthly live version of the podcast at Largo in L.A. And we did the first one with Adam Savage from Mythbusters. Uh, and then the next one is May 11th with uh, musicians Paul and Storm and Tom Lennon of wow. and Mike Furman. And then an incredibly special guest that is a surprise that I can't say. <gasps> oh, my gosh. So that's Malfit, May 11th Malfit. at Largo. Is it Al Jolson? It's Owl Jolson. <laughs> but Owl Jolson from the cartoon, the little oh. owl who would sing. Oh, sweet. Uh, and then Web Soup is on. Uh, when's it on? When can we catch it? Um, it's We put new episodes up Wednesday nights. Cool. Uh, right after Attack of the Show on G4, and then they just rerun it throughout the, the rest of the week. But there, but all the details on that are to my website. Yes, nerdist.com. Nerdist.com. He's also going to be doing a, a show I do at UCB with with Janet called Theme Park. Ooh, I got to write for that. Um, you have a little while. It's May 16th. It's a Sunday night. <laughs> be here before you know it. So, it's yeah. already fucking May. That's true. Hardwick's doing that. Uh, Nick Kroll, Deonian Divine, and Mary Bird Song. So if you're in L.A., come Mary check Bird that out. Song. Also, I will be at the Bridgetown Comedy Festival this coming weekend. Oh, yeah, Janet will be there, too. As will Janet. We're doing improv. uh, So come on out if you are in the Portland area. It's, I think, Thursday through Sunday. (laughs) Oh, boy. Um, Yeah. And uh, I don't really have anything to say. And then I'm going to be serving up soup in the kitchen. (laughs) So if anyone likes soup, stop on that. We're going to get these soup tickets. (laughs) <laughs> There's no tickets, okay? <laughs> There's no tickets. Oh, really? So it's starting a wristband? Or? Shut up. Well, uh, thanks, Chris, for, for doing this. <laughs> I can get out of the Disney vault uh, before the Walt's dogs kick us out of here. So uh, thanks a lot, and thanks for listening. Yeah, thank you. Subscribe to the Pop My Culture Podcast on iTunes. Check us out online at popmyculturepodcast.com. And follow us on Twitter at PMC Podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs>